You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch to add a new segment to the show. Whenever we came back for what we're called Season 3, we decided, we said that there wasn't really going to be anything changing. And that's kind of true. But sometimes we just have ideas. And this is one of them. So we're calling it The Itch on Tour, wherein we discuss a recent tour well, and to be honest, like when we were doing our radio show, we always used to talk about the concerts that either that we wanted to go to or that were coming through. Um, we had a segment on our show called Business Time where we would dedicate time where we would announce whatever mm-hmm. concerts are coming through over the next three months or so. And so it's always been part of our show. And when we go to the concert, we'd always come back and give like a, you know, a, a good long review as long as we felt uh was necessary to do on the radio we didn't like talking very long on on our radio show because we always felt it was more about the music but uh, you know we always kind of give a review of any concert we go to yeah but since the podcast has begun shows haven't been a thing and part of why the podcast began and so now we're like starting to finally sniff the idea of live shows happening hence the episode a few weeks back about upcoming festivals and all that and I mean, I don't know about you guys. I still haven't actually seen anything yet, but we're close. We're getting there. We're very close. Yeah, neither have I. I know that a couple of people on my Facebook page got to go see The Urge live uh, a couple weekends ago. Uh, I was super jealous, but <laughs> I, you know, can't go to everything. I, I wish I could, and someday I'll get to that point. You know, Local H was on that bill as well, which is the first time I've ever seen my favorite St. Louis band and my favorite Chicago band, <laughs> both in the same place. And I still didn't get to see the show. <laughs> I can't believe you weren't like trying to get tickets from a scalper on that one. I know, right? <laughs> that would have been so good. And the urge, I mean, local H plays all the time, but the urge is a rare ticket to get. They are not, they don't do a whole lot. Yeah. And they also played at a new venue here in St. Louis, um, out near where, uh, the pavilion is. Um, oh, yes. I, I, I do apologize. I don't know the name of the place and not that I want to advertise for it anyway, but um, <laughs> it, it looks intriguing. It, it looks pretty much kind of like the same place as the amphitheater, but it, it has less seating. So there's like no lawn. Yeah, it's just a smaller version of the amphitheater, which I, I'm excited. I'm intrigued that we've got more uh, concert venues around around the city now. But now, now clarify for me. It is just essentially a smaller version of what we yes. still call Riverport right next to Riverport. It, that's exactly what it is. Oh, it's actually in front yes. of the casino. Okay, so Riverport yeah, yeah. Junior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Value menu, Riverport. That's exactly yeah. what it is, yep. So you still are subject to the same lovely fucking smell. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> For those who are not in St. Louis, St. <laughs> uh, Louis dump is across the street <laughs> from from the amphitheater which is just the most perfect placement <laughs> maybe if the wind's blowing in a different direction you won't smell it as bad if we ever get to interview like a big band that's played the main stage like that's one of the questions that i want to ask because i know we, pay, we there's no <laughs> fucking way possible that we have given any good impressions to people that have come played there well like, we need to interview kings of leon i guess yeah, the Pigeon Poop Pavilion. <laughs> PPP. That's I'd, rather, I'd rather not interview Kings of Leon, but I do want to hear this story, even though this is off topic now, but I'm for it. Let's there do were, it. Have you not heard about this? 
Yeah, I don't know they're... Pigeon Poop Pavilion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, more or less, I, and forgive me for not knowing the exact date that this occurred, uh, many years back when Kings of Leon was a thing, um, <laughs> they, uh, they played the pavilion and were, I think, one of the headlining acts, and they just straight up quit playing because apparently there was pigeons up in the rafters pooping all around the guy's <laughs> mouth and he did not want to do that so he left the stage and the crowd was very pissed off he got pooped on he definitely got pooped on and fucking left he walked off the stage after he got pooped on because there was an infestation of pigeons in the rafters at, at the pavilion an infestation no i'm serious yeah, they, they literally awful. had to call in people to come get them because there were so many of them yeah. that they were just pooping all over the Some place sharpshooters <laughs> Sharpshooters. <laughs> Welcome to St. Louis, Kings of Leon. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so you have that impression, obviously, and that story gets around. You know that. And then you're playing, like you're you're playing, and it just smells like shit. Like it, it smells so terrible. Because if it's not the dump, it's the river. Yeah, that's right. You the know? river's yeah, only right. very right. The river's on the other side of it. The Miss, uh, Missouri River, which is it's called the muddy Missouri for a reason. It's a dirty river. It smells nasty. <laughs> yeah. The uh, other, another hilarious similar story of that is when we saw the black crows there. And uh, <laughs> so, the, you know, it's a hill. So <laughs> everyone's in the lawn or in the seats and the black crows are playing and he, he stops and he says, Oh, everyone can just look at the sunset. It's like, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn away from the band, turn completely around and stare at the sun. We couldn't even see couldn't the sunset. See it. it was behind the hill. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What sunset? <laughs> what <on>, Chris? <laughs> I want whatever the fuck you're on, Chris Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> he just always sees sunsets. He doesn't understand why nobody else sees them at the same time. It's always high on life. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so anyway, back to the point being. So, yes, we miss concerts, as you can tell. We love concerts. We've gone to them our entire lives since, well, since I was 13. Yep. It's been a huge part of my life, and it's been missing for the last two years. Like, cause I, I didn't get to go to any concerts in 2020. Um, I think I maybe went to one in 2019. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's so long ago. Yeah. You you just had another kid at that point as well, right yeah. before the pandemic. Well, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Close enough that that it's a valid excuse why you wouldn't go to as many shows as you were able to before. Yeah, having two kids is harder to get people to babysit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, You're like we, we we've heard the two. podcast. We know yeah. the way they beat each other. We don't yeah. want to watch those kids. This is true. <laughs> I don't even want to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> just playing. I love my kids. <laughs> so the show that we we're going to focus on this episode, again, typically we will have actually seen the concert that we're going to talk about. We're making an exception as we start off because we have enough reasons to talk about each of the bands on this particular bill without having actually seen them. 
So the show we're talking about is P.O.D.'s Satellite 20th Anniversary Tour, and they brought From Ashes to New, All Good Things, and Sleep Signals out on the road with them. If you've listened to previous episodes, you will know that we've had some moments with From Ashes to New and All Good Things. And so you can happily check those episodes out in the back catalog if you want to learn more about those bands and their history. And conveniently, they both have new releases out as well. But I'm kind of glad that we started off, before we get to them, kind of glad we started off with some lighthearted stories, because before we get into all of that, I think it's important, I want to make note here of a really tragic part of this tour, and that is only a couple dates into it. It just started within, I believe, the last week or so as of this recording. But the band Sleep Signals was in an accident on the way between tour dates. It actually happened in Missouri and it it was, was horrendous. Their entire bus and their gear was destroyed. Everyone in the band featured some degree of injuries, including their bassist, I believe Travis, who reported that he had multiple broken bones and quote, suffered several amputations. And I don't know specifically what those are, but it's not really important other than to say that, that is awful, and these guys could use our help. Yes. And so, yeah, where typically we would be trying to sell you on the new masks and all that good stuff, this week we're including a link to the GoFundMe that's been set up for Sleep Signals in our show notes. They have thus far reached uh, 18000 of the $25,000 goal they have to help deal with the loss of equipment and the medical issues and all of that. Um I don't say this to brag, but we donated ourselves largely. I say that because I think it's important if you're going to commission somebody else to give or do something yeah. that you literally put your money where your mouth is on that kind of thing. And so I, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that or p- pointing people in that direction if it wasn't something that we also were participating in. So yeah, sleep signals, obviously off the tour now, Only got a couple of dates in, unfortunately. They had a new EP come out earlier this year called Ethereal, which we aren't going to talk about tonight. But uh, check that out. I recommend supporting them as best you're able to. And yeah, I was going to say, I did listen to that EP just quickly because I wanted to hear how, because I'd never really listened to them before. And they're definitely a band that fit the the tour. I mean, they sound like a all good things and a from ashes to new type of uh, band. Yeah. Yeah, my, my uh, heart and thoughts go out to them and their, and their family members, their band. I mean, on the plus side, all of them sound like they are alive. Yes, they are um, alive. Yeah. That's damn good. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's been there's been unfortunate, more unfortunate cases in the past that have not worked out that way. So it's it's good to hear they're all alive. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounded like this was going to be kind of one of their big breaks. So just know that uh, everything happens for a reason. I still think that they'll get their opportunities and. And hopefully we'll still be talking about them, you know, and, and maybe more more albums coming out later, you know, in the future. Yeah, we're going to keep tabs on those guys. They're they're on our radar, as it were. No, obviously not for the ideal reason. They, I was hoping they'd end up on our radar because we saw them live and it was a great show and we wanted to tell everybody about it. But here we are at the moment. And so with that said, there's an album that we've been kind of looking forward to for a while, ever since we got to talk with Dan Murphy, the singer of All Good Things. We've been... Uh, excited about their official debut as a band yeah it's great like you know it's funny because he really did hype it up when we were talking to Mm -hmm. 
I got super excited for this album. And, and when it came out, I, you know, I said, I think I was like, man, is this, is this going to live up to the hype or, or what I've created in my head <laughs> just from speaking to him? Uh, and it did. I, I loved it. I thought it was a great album. I'm really excited about uh, what this band is going to do um, and, and what they've already accomplished, to be honest. So definitely exciting to see, see what they're going to do. Yeah, All Good Things debut is called A Hope in Hell, and it came out August 20th, so brand spanking new. Features uh, tracks that include members of Hollywood Undead, Hyro the Hero, uh, Craig from Escape the Fate. Uh, no Jacoby Shaddix that I could find, but you know it's, gonna... <laughs> it's only yet. a matter of time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that I'm sure will happen after like maybe album two, album three. Yeah, yeah, sure. That That, that would be my wager. I think uh, Better Noise has, you know, their A-list, B-list, and C-list people, you know, that they just throw on the albums. And, and Jacoby's <laughs> an A-list right now, so they they got they got the hero, the hero. You got to work your <laughs> they, way up to Jacoby. They got Hollywood Undead, who's not necessarily under Better Noise, but they They're, seem to have a good relationship with yes. him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like this. I, I really love the cameos that they got. I thought that it worked out great. You know, he mentioned it when we talked to him, and I think you kind of mentioned it too, Aaron, when we were interviewing him. All these songs are just so positive, they're so upbeat. Like you can just imagine yourself playing a video game or going out on a damn conquest or some shit. Like <laughs> you're about to slay a dragon. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. when when I hear Kingdom, like I just feel like I'm about to defend my damn castle. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's you're. I think you're totally right. Like. I mean, that's what they did. Yeah, they write <laughs> anthems. A little quick, little quick reminder about who all good things are. They're a band that came into existence as a studio band that wrote tracks specifically for licensing in video games and films. And they got enough positive feedback from people that they decided to go all in and make a, a legitimate album and go on tour with it. And so this album has tracks like, like Dan just mentioned with Kingdom. Even just the titles talk about, you know, you get the impression that this is definitely one of those uh, against all odds, we're going to persevere kind of anthem band, you know, for the glory. There's a track called Do It Now, Undefeated, Lights Out. The comeback. Yeah, the comeback. That's a perfect one. Even the title track, A Hope in Hell. It's always this kind of like underdog, but we're going to win kind of kind of thing that they do. Yeah, it's a great album, too. Like the, the music itself is fantastic. It's funny because he said when we were interviewing him, he said about all the different ways that he likes to sing. And I kind of like when he raps and stuff like I think the <laughs> comeback was was kind of like one of my favorite songs. Well, and that's that's a point that I wanted to kind of touch on a little bit is he is such a unique vocalist that where he's he fits in so well, um, especially when they have the features like Hyro and and Hollywood Undead, where he can kind of do whatever style they're not doing. And it, it makes the song sound really awesome. I think that's a skill that definitely helped them as, especially in those days when they were, they were writing songs targeted to specific things. So I think that that versatility is useful. Okay. What does this track call for? Okay. Yeah, I can do that. And then this track calls for something a little bit different. Sure. I can do that too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, again like i don't i guess charlie scene's just now coming out of hiding or something but like <laughs> he he very, very charlie scene has very ever rarely done a cameo on another album so that that in itself is just awesome i I'm, i love that dude i love hearing him rap i'm so so glad that 
that he's starting to show up more like Jacoby. You know, he needs to be everywhere yeah. like Jacoby. <laughs> and I got excited listening to uh, Do It Now with Hiro the Hero because then interviewing him and him telling about the session and saying, keep doing it, keep doing it. And then when Hiro does his thing, it's like, oh, I could totally see the part where he's he's saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan did a good job of animating that yeah. that whole uh, that song for us. Like, and it's, uh, you're exactly right. Like, I imagine the same thing. Like when I first heard that voice, it's like, oh, yeah, I totally get what he said now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and. Just a quick shout out on the topic of guest spots. We had Hyro doing a spot on this album. Hyro the Hero himself released a mixtape earlier this year called Kids Against Monsters. That was him. And basically, if I recall right, every single track featured a vocalist from another mm-hmm. band. And it's a pretty quality listen. So I highly recommend looking that up in addition to the albums that we're talking about here. Yeah, also on Better Noise, too. <laughs> there you go. Way to go. And there was a couple of tracks that they kind of repurposed that they released previously but um i really really enjoyed what they did with machines they kind of cleaned it up a little bit i mean they didn't change a whole lot but the video to that specifically is really awesome uh in addition to the song machines was there any more because i i tried to compare them to the other albums and i only noticed that one and for the glory and and for the glory i thought was redone because they had yeah they didn't change a whole lot but i think they added a little bit more of the machine um back and forth more than yeah than was in the original just a little bit but uh quality stuff i think i would i would list machines as one of my one of my favorites on this album. I don't, the, the whole kind of like level of rah-rah anthem that they do <laughs> becomes a little much for me. It's not really entirely my thing, but there were definitely some tracks that uh, we mentioned it in the interview as well, that I'm sure are fantastic live. I'm sure that they're killing it on this yeah. tour. They, 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 as the opener now have the smallest set on the tour. Right. Um, at last, when I looked at set list, they were, it was only a handful of songs, but it seemed like they were picking, you know, I think the right ones. And it makes you wonder now if, if they're not going to add anybody to the tour, maybe they'll get a little bit more time. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a list of the the set from, De- I think it was Detroit. It was a co- from a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and P.O.D. went like 20 songs long. So <laughs> my guess would be that they're just lengthening P.O.D. and from Ashes to News sets a little bit yeah. for now. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not impossible that they couldn't find somebody else to bring out there and and, and add on to the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention about the album before going on to, like, the live stuff is, like, I love the way this album starts kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's such a great opening track. Like it just, it just gets you kind of ramped up. Like you're ready for the album. I was, I was blasting this song driving around. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, whatever. I'm, this is my kingdom. My <laughs> <laughs> that song's mad catchy. And if yeah. the LA Kings are listening, it still needs to be your theme. <laughs> we said it before. <laughs> if any sports team wants this as your theme, first come first serve all good things. will do it. <laughs> It's it would be awesome. Like I definitely would start. I'd be chanting that at any stadium as soon as I, you know, as loud as I could. That's for sure. Wouldn't it? Didn't when we talked to Dan, didn't he specifically mention when we were kind of talking about that track or, or that line of, of conversation? Didn't he mention the blues having Gloria or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he did. He knew, he yeah. knew like the He's blues like, theme song. Fan. Yeah. 
which I thought was great. Like, dude's just a massive hockey yeah. fan. Yeah, you'd almost think he was Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Montana, Canada. It's close, close enough. enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> it's no Minnesota, but close enough. <laughs> so, these, <laughs> so these guys are off to a pretty good start. I, I don't know exactly how well the album is doing in, in charts and sales, but I've seen a couple of their social media posts that suggest that stuff is, is definitely tracking. Um, I've heard the song a couple of times on like Pandora and things like that too. So that's cool. I, I think that they're starting to get their, their fair share air, airplay that they deserve. Yeah. And even when we, even when we interviewed them, um, some of their songs were being used for like the Stanley cup playoffs and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely look forward to seeing this band live. I, I, I'm not sure if I'll be able to go to the show. I highly doubt it, but um I think this band is just going to be really great live. And as they get bigger, I think this is going to be a band. Like when they start headlining shows, I truly feel that they're going to be one of the best stage bands out there. I almost imagine they're going to put on like to be able to put on a show like Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. Like that just because of, of what their music, like the, how their music lends to a stage show. Oh yeah. 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 Like I, I do think that when this band is able to start headlining big, big shows, they're going to be, just one of the best out there. If, I mean, if, if they can yeah. get to that point, I think they continue doing this, there's no doubt they will. Right. And well, even, even the videos, if you watch some of the videos, they, they uh, go into some good detail on, on a couple of them with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking of, I mean, their, their sound is definitely an arena rock sound. So like bigger, the better in terms of, of I think crowd participation. I'm imagining them right now, you know, Assuming they grow, stick around with a big budget. Just imagine that stage set with like, but you know, there's going to be mad pyro and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of crazy things going on. That's just, they're going to be, you know, like, I don't know, skillet or something yeah, like that. Right. I could see that style of live yeah. show, I think. And so I'm sure they're already doing some of that now, but I'm just thinking kind of leveling up in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely great things to come from this band. I, I don't think that there's anywhere to go but up. And this is a great debut album. I mean, you got to consider it their debut in a sense because yeah. Yeah. It, it's their first one that they legitimately just put together as a band, like going into the studio, knowing that this is going to be our our album. Like the other stuff was just kind of songs that they collaborated and sold and, and used for other things. But mm-hmm. this is it was it was a great, great debut album. That's for sure. Another band on this tour with new music, new ish music is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, our friends from Ashes to New. They, uh, you guys know more about this than I did. I didn't actually know they were doing this until you talked about it in our, in our interview with Maddie Madero, that they were doing quarantine performances through the pandemic. So maybe you guys can shed some light on that one. Yeah. This band was one of the most active bands during like when quarantine first started and everybody was going nuts from being inside, you know, like, cause it, it happened like at the beginning on the onset of quarantine, like when nobody was going outside, it was just completely dead. And, you know, we were all stuck dealing with family and nothing to do. Um, and so what they started doing is they, they had like zoom sessions with, with each other and, and they were one of the most active bands. So they, they put out music video after music video of them just covering random songs. And I get it because they, you know, you're not really able to collaborate and make new music when you're, talking over a video you can't really hear the sounds too well of what they're making and stuff like that but for a song that's already made you can just go in and throw your part down but they they somehow seem to get new songs out of there too 
but the songs that were being released anyway online were just the cover songs. Yeah, and so you'll have to forgive me on this one, maybe you guys and the listeners, because I'm kind of out of touch with with a lot of pop music, and so I know that From Ashes to New is a very pop-sensible band. Like In that conversation, one of the most interesting things that Maddie said was talking about the way that like pop and hip hop artists basically do business and release music and all that. He's very much in touch with that stuff. So my assumption is that a couple of the tracks on these two releases that they've released so far, they're calling the quarantine Chronicles. I'm assuming at least some of these are the same tracks that they were releasing that you guys heard before. I don't know for sure, but well, it's weird. It's it, they have it really split up like, like somebody who got OCD decided to split these up. <laughs> they've released I'm serious. They've released two volumes so far, and there's supposedly a third on the way. And why do you say it's uh, OCD-ish? Because there's two cover songs on each album. There's uh, two new songs on each album. (laughs) And one redone song. Oh, okay. See, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, I honestly don't know. Okay, I take that back. There's two redone songs on the first one. But it's, it's all like very even. It's really weird. Uh, there's that's what threw me off listening to it because i was like wait a minute these songs were off of panic why did they (laughs) no actually uh the only one that they put that was on panic that they redid was bulletproof and the only reason why they redid it was because they had a johnny three tears oh okay so hollywood undead shows up again (laughs) yeah i mean hollywood undead should just fill sleep signals you know space there you go that's really what they. i think do. if you had hollywood undead you bump them to second and then everybody else gets bumped down though <laughs> oh yeah and i think if they added hollywood undead i don't care who the hell i gotta throw my kid at um i'm going <laughs> <laughs> take this baby i gotta go <laughs> i'm just jerking yeah. Dan will offer up one of the babies for tickets yeah i gotta i gotta know so I want to I want to I want to note the diversity of their covers on volume two of this in three consecutive tracks. They cover Paramore, oh, yeah. uh, Avenged Sevenfold. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And Eminem and Dre. Yeah. <laughs> That's a back to back to back that just happened right there. <laughs> and so then there they cover songs uh, on the second album. Sorry. Yeah. Well, either way. And that was what I was going to say before, is that, like, I don't honestly know, like, Light Up the Sky or Finally See or the other two tracks on there. Those might be some random pop songs that I just don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing that. We heard the Sky is a brand new song. They've actually released it as a single. It's very, it's got a lot of ground. Okay. Well, good on them for for, for turning that, you know, uh, the pandemic into (laughs) into something useful for them. Yeah, because I think there's three new songs, which enough light up the sky and finally see, I believe, are the new songs. Bulletproof was released on Panic that they redid featuring Johnny Three Tears. And then they also redid Forgotten, which is off of, I believe, Day One. Day One, which is, yeah. Yeah. That's which, which, and I don't know exactly why they redid that. My only guess is that in the original version of that song, Danny Case is not the singer. Yeah. So if I had to guess, maybe that's like his favorite song off of that album that he just wanted to redo himself. I don't know. Um, I don't know the story behind that. And I wish I would have been able to ask, but obviously I didn't know that was going to be on this. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on here. And in the midst of all that, we have, I think it's worth noting, they covered Linkin Park and <laughs> Evanescence. So they definitely yeah. showed their their early 2000s new metal, like Love, which you know in a heartbeat if you listen to any from Ashes to New Song, that that's where their influences come from. Yeah. Especially Linkin Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's obvious. The Evan. influence. And Dre yeah. and Eminem for, for Matt. <laughs> yeah. So out of the five cover songs, what did you guys have a favorite? It It's a toss up between the Paramore and the Evanescence. I think I'd actually agree with that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's the Dre one is weird to the me. Dre it one doesn't is seem like a weird. song that needs to be covered. <laughs> oh, um, come on. The, their cover of Faint is good, but Faint is also one of my very favorite Linkin Park songs. And hearing it makes me just want to hear the Linkin Park version. Which is just tough. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, the night. It's a it's a fine cover of Nightmare, but uh, it's it's so weird. Like it's, they don't change it at all. Right. Like, it's, it's, uh, that's what I'm yeah. saying. It's just it's just fine. It's like they, they it's did like, it. Okay. Cool. It's Nightmare. Great. Right. Yeah. It's Way the same go. thing. It's the exact it's the same, same thing I said cover. about about the Weezer cover album from before. It's like most of these are fine. And they just make me want to hear the original. Right, exactly. <laughs> it, it comes across. And that's why I enjoy the the female covers, because, you know, they br- bring a different vocal style and perspective to the songs. But but the the other ones come off as like a great value version of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will agree with that on, on Faint, because when, you know, Danny Case is a great singer, but he's no Chester Bennington. And it's quite obvious that when you're listening to that song, especially like when he starts trying to get into those high notes, you're just like, uh, yeah, you should have tried to do this differently. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, other than that, it's, it's all right. They didn't, they didn't change anything. I do like the bring me to life cover a lot Mm -hmm. because, but you know, what's funny is as much as I, I, I guess I didn't really appreciate Amy Lee's voice until I heard that. cover. I'm not going to lie. Like just because like, yeah, this is a great cover, but at the same time, he's, he's no Amy Lee. She's got a good voice and, yeah. and you know, she can hit some notes on that song that obviously he couldn't. So uh, that was my only thing. I, I did like it. I, I do like the way that they, they, they redid it. And the, the 12 stones guy was Matt and, he did a way better version. You know, <laughs> I was, I was for two notes. I was for one, you know, waiting to hear what Dan had to say about that because Dan's gone on record on multiple episodes as not really being an Evanescence fan. So I'm like, <laughs> will this be what it takes for him to like an Evanescence song? And then also totally agree with the dude doing a better job than the Twelve Stones guy. <laughs> and yes. that that was always forced and awkward to me. But no, like, that's not even what that guy sounds like on his own albums. Why is he rapping <laughs> on your song? <laughs> True. Also, 12 Stones kind of sucked. My Yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak did. that in like once every season. <laughs> so no lie. Sorry. My favorite. No lie. My favorite uh, cover song was Forgot About Dre, though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I loved it. I the reason for I it, forgot for one, about the song. So for one, yeah, that's actually that is one of the reasons why because I loved that song when it came out, and I don't listen to rap. I don't, you know, I don't ever go back to it. It was like, man, I I need to listen to some Snoop or some yeah. Dre. Like I don't do that. I loved it when it came out. I love you know back then, but like 
I, I don't listen to it. So like when I heard it on this album, I was like, no way. Yeah. It's, it's, and so, yeah. but one of, one of the things I do like is like they added a good guitar line in the background. It's a it's great job on Lance's part. And, and, <laughs> but one of the things that my, I, I, I was kind of, I have mixed feelings on. Okay. He, Matt, I, cause I don't even know if it's all Matt. Like I'm pretty is sure it, it is. Do, I, I would assume it's just all Matt, but he somehow actually changed his voice to sound both like Dre and Eminem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no Matt on that song. It's just, it's just him impersonating Dre and Eminem. That's exactly what I was going to, I picture him in his, in his basement, like doing karaoke to this song. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and that's what it reminds me of. And it's just like, Oh man, you're, being too white in this song. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's too white. But he he did some things that I I do like. You know, he changed the lyrics a, cu- a, a couple of times to make it more appropriate for himself, obviously. Um, but and I think he I think one of the reasons why he did that with his voice was more of a tribute to yeah. both Dre and Eminem. Yeah. But he he fucking nailed he it. Did. Like the that's a that's not an easy song to rap and I, i'm really curious like i would love to know how many takes he did because i can guarantee he probably didn't need that many takes because he's probably been singing this song since it first right. came out oh yeah, 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 I was gonna yeah. Say, he, he had that thing memorized for yeah i was gonna say he probably didn't even years. need it yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> probably didn't even take more than one take it's like oh, i got this just give me a beat just give me a beat i got this <laughs> so i appreciate them for for at, the diversity of adding that in the middle of all these rock covers right yeah right and it's, like I said, I, it was just awesome because I, I, I forgot about Dre. I'm not going <laughs> to We forgot about, forgot about Dre. I don't have yeah. beats, so I forgot about Dre. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it's nice to for him to at least, you know, cover stuff that he enjoys covering. So there's that. Well, I think that's what the whole point of the Quarantine Chronicles was, yeah. is that they were bored. They wanted to do stuff just to kind of, uh, you know, help themselves get through this mm-hmm. and you know the one of the reasons why they did the faint was because that was right around the time that it was the anniversary of chester bennington and right and so all of these things had purpose at the time and, and I, I really like that they have gathered them up added a couple of different things like the song feature in johnny three tears and and and, and release them because panic was great but I, I i love bands that keep building on their success right mm-hmm you know, and just keep releasing stuff if you have it. I mean, obviously, if you don't, you're busy touring, then, you know, focus on touring. But if you've got the stuff and you got the time, which they obviously had the time they wanted to keep doing stuff, they, they worked hard throughout the quarantine. And, I, and that's why I really appreciate these albums. I was glad that they put them out and I hope that there is a third one. Damn it. I'm ready. <laughs> Shout out also to the cover art of these quarantine chronicles, which is I don't know. It looks like it might be telling a story of these weird i don't know decrepit (laughs) almost stick figure looking dudes yeah they're on both covers and presumably on that third volume uh which i I read on one site that it's supposed to be a three-part series i don't know if that's i haven't seen that proven anywhere else but i'm gonna assume that it's accurate and that the third one's ready to go in fact i'm gonna go back and look and see when these were released volume two came out august 13th volume one was in june 25th so based on that, what I don't know, end of September maybe for the third one, possibly. That's I mean, it, right. if if it's a if it's a pacing thing like that, that's probably that sounds about right. 
So yeah, we have a lot to say about from ashes to new. <laughs> <laughs> I want to also give a shout out to them for having the same logo. They have the same logo on all their albums, despite the fact that the band underwent a major identity and membership shift in the middle of their, you know, journey. But they still have a they still carry that similar vibe visually. Yeah. Well, they did do a boy band cover on Panic, <laughs> like not cover, not cover song, but the, the cover of the, the album. Cover of the album. They're just standing there looking, trying to look pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are a pretty rock band. We got to admit, like. That's that's their thing. Like they're definitely like I I wasn't when I said they're very in, in tune with pop music. That was also part of it. <laughs> so I- image imagery is part is a big piece of that puzzle. Well, from what we heard in our interview with Maddie, Danny Case takes his uh, workouts very seriously. I know. I still wanted to ask Danny about his workouts because I need <laughs> I need some inspiration. <laughs> I don't take my workouts seriously at all. That's why I don't do workouts very much. <laughs> Of note, um, Light Up the Sky is a part of their set list on this tour. It's the only track that I can tell from this album, although that's only one set list, one city that I'm basing that off of. Yeah. But it makes sense since a lot of this is covers and whatnot, that they probably are still focusing mostly on Panic tracks at this point. I would assume so, yeah. Yeah, I would assume so as well. That brings us to our headliner <laughs> for this show and this tour. P.O.D. Yes, P.O.D. I got to tell you guys, I'm a little, a little disappointed. I had it on the calendar to do a release for September 11th of P.O.D. Talking about satellite, talking about the ramifications. We touched on the Jimmy World episode, like the transition that happened in music with the events of 9-11 and P.O.D.'s album was released smack dab on that date. I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to talk about that with someone from P.O.D., and I tried my darndest, and it just, I couldn't make it happen. We could not get Sonny or anybody, and so it remains an unfulfilled wish, and so we transitioned the episode into this idea, which is cool as well, but I'm still a little bit sad. Yeah, I know you really wanted to talk to somebody from P.O.D. That's been one of your favorite bands forever. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, we'll just go ahead and say a public apology to uh, Tim of uh, Adam Splitter. <laughs> we, we should have him on the show one we time. Should. <laughs> i'm not sure i can leave this in the episode maybe i'll just clip it and send it directly to him <laughs> that's not a bad idea though i do want to interview some people on other parts of the business mm-hmm. that's a future idea we just came up with right here right now in the middle of this episode there we go <laughs> anyway nonetheless pod satellite was a massive album I what did I read here? Seven time platinum, something like that. Sounds about right. Uh, wow. And and they didn't sing about it. <laughs> about going platinum. <laughs> yeah, seven, seven times. times. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that was I'm not saying his name, but that's totally a knock at somebody we talked about in one of the last episodes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> OK. <laughs> i got you now i just took a second <laughs> no these guys are not like those guys or that guy that guy that or guy. that guy seven times <laughs> platinum is, is impressive I mean, but this album was phenomenal they also re-released it too with a couple other songs they re-released it with a dvd i got the i got that version <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> What was funny was I, so this came out in, like I said, 2001. P.O.D. 
um, was already my favorite. I remember they were one of my introductions into heavier stuff. Like I was going into, I think, sophomore year in high school mm-hmm. and I, I had made a new friend that was also into similar style of music. And I remember trading him so we could experience each other's music. I traded him my copy of Project 86's first album and he gave me P.O.D.'s Warriors EP, uh, which came out. It was either right before or right after the fundamental elements of Southtown. And it was an, it basically just a little primer, a little introduction to that band. And then Southtown came out and that was just my jam. That was my favorite album for a long time, even though it has one of the most bizarre covers I've ever seen. <laughs> to this day, I don't know how to interpret most of what's going on on that cover. And then Satellite comes it's out. Fun. <laughs> Satellite comes out with these massive hit singles. You got a live Youth of the Nation. Boom. These were huge. And they were honestly one of the faces, especially, again, going back to the pop element, because we've talked before about TRL and how they were. Carson Daly loved them. Yes. (laughs) And and so did just people in general. Like, these guys were all over that. I would rate this as one of the biggest and best albums of that, like, kind of new metal era. I think a lot of it still holds up, to be honest. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big deal. It does. It does. But it, it makes me feel old thinking about it because I would I would watch music videos like while getting ready to go to school <laughs> in the morning and Youth of the Nation was, would play like every morning almost. So your, your unofficial alarm clock? Pretty much. I mean, like I would just have it on <laughs> in the background while I was like doing stuff. But yeah. Well, this album produced so many singles, too. Yeah, I did. mean, you know, Set It Off, Alive, Boom, Youth of the Nation, Satellite. I'm pretty sure I heard. I mean, I don't know if I heard on radio, but I know we played Ridiculous all the time. We did play Ridiculous a lot. And Anything Right. Like, it, it just it, it was full of great, great songs. The final track on the album is called Portrait. Weirdly, not a single or anything like that was nominated for best metal performance at the Grammys, <laughs> which that that is still strange to me. I'm not complaining. I wanted POD to have all the success in the world and portrait is a good song, but I don't know wh- where that came from. <laughs> that was strange. Maybe they released it in like Japan or something. Who knows? Bonus uh, track. Uh, nonetheless, you know, you're talking about, you know, the, the term at that point was that was popular was rap rock or rap metal. And and these guys being nominated for Grammys and then again selling seven million, they had they had giant tours. Uh, they headlined easily, like Cornerstone Festival and some festivals like that that I used to go to every once in a while around that time period. It was just five weeks in the top ten of the Billboard 200, which I don't remember too many. I know Deftones' White Pony the year before mm-hmm. we did a whole episode on that also debuted. I think it actually debuted at number one in the top 200 and stayed there for a while, but it, it just blew my mind at this point in my life for bands that sounded anything like this to be that mainstream yeah. popular. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to that again, to be honest, <laughs> we very well may not. And this was certainly their peak as a band in terms of that, yeah. uh, their, their follow-up album payable on death, not, terribly good i mean I, that album remains one of the biggest disappointments to me well yeah it's it's kind of one of those things where how can you how can you top <laughs> that album yeah. after after that i mean you you can try but like <laughs> i didn't think That's painful true. on death was too bad like i i liked it but i think 
I liked it because they they kind of went a little bit more reggae. Yeah, that album as opposed to the hip hop or uh, pop, you know, f- yeah. uh, rap rock. He rapped rapped less, sang more. The production was still very slick, but it felt to me lifeless. Like I I wanted something that was bigger and badder happening in there, and I just didn't get it. And then like they rebounded, I think creatively a little bit on like Testify had some really good stuff on it, and. And I know you guys were even bigger fan, big fans of some of their more recent albums, which I haven't listened to nearly as much. Yeah. But commercially, this was their pinnacle easily. Yeah. Uh, and they were never really able to to reach those heights again. They still maintain a very supportive following that keeps them able to do this. Yeah. And they still put on a great live show. The last time we did see them live a few years back at one of those festivals, I thought they were fantastic. <laughs> We, we got to see them where Sonny was uh, I'm not sure where he was. <laughs> uh, one of the last times we saw him, he kept saying something about Point Fest and it, it wasn't Point Fest. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was he wasn't. <laughs> at Point yeah, he's like, thank you, Point Fest. We're like, what the hell are you talking about, man? It was like uproar or something. Yeah. It? And he's and like, he did it like three yeah, times. It, it was, he kept thinking he was. Yeah, there. it was. It was like uproar <laughs> festival. And he's like, Point Fest. And we're like, it's not Point Fest. <laughs> and then at one point on one of the songs he's like i can't hear you point fest you're like no one can hear point fest because that's not where you're at <laughs> well that was just an odd show like if i remember correctly like there was something going on that he that he was not happy about mm-hmm. um and i i cannot remember it exactly but like he just they didn't play a long set at all he like pretty much just quit i thought they only played like six songs yeah. or something it was just a very very weird concert set it was yeah <laughs> one thing one thing i've always appreciated about pod is that they they cr- grew up in the southern california loving like hardcore punk and reggae and things like that it influences their sound and you can tell if you go through their discography that they're like slowly over the years checking off like a wish list of like their rock heroes yeah and also occasionally bringing in some newer people to to compliment them. So like this album, Satellite, it had HR, who is the singer of Bad Brains, mm-hmm. which is a, a hardcore punk band that was very influential on a lot of people. In fact, our St. Louis band, The Urge, does a, a great cover of a Bad Brains song called Gene Machine. Mm-hmm. And it had Ika Mouse, Ika Mouse and P.O.D. <laughs> um, who is this Jamaican reggae guy? <laughs> he was famous for, for his scat singing that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and then this was also it might have been my introduction to the band blindside because uh christian their lead singer does vocals guest vocals on anything right and so and then if you go further go go further into future albums there's a whole bunch more they got uh i think the guy from suicidal tendencies somewhere down the line i know they had the booyah tribe on something (laughs) on on one of their albums it's just and it because it's so many genres you know they have hip-hop dudes they have like metal dudes uh page hamilton shows up somewhere yeah. from helmet yeah he shows up a lot of places yeah doesn't the lead singer of uh Soulfly also yeah he very well Good might cameo i think you might be right i don't remember for sure on that one but but this was where they first started doing that because I, I think they were their first big enough to do that i don't recall there being guests on fundamental elements whenever you bring up the lead singer Soulfly, I instantly think of the song where he just says Soulfly. <laughs> yeah, he loves talking some Soulfly. I'm pretty sure that was on a Deftone song too, or something like yeah. that. 
Soulfly loves making songs called Soulfly. <laughs> yeah. Soulfly has a track called Soulfly on every one of their albums. <laughs> <laughs> that True makes story. sense. Yep. So that's, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> so looking at the set list, they're doing this tour. Like I said, we called it the 20th anniversary tour. What's cool about it, from what I can tell, they are literally doing the album start to finish. Yeah, I noticed that. The only track, the only track I see them leaving off is uh, called uh, Guitarras de Amor, which is Marcos doing Spanish guitar. Mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like they might have left that out. Yes. I'll allow it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the same thing. And then after that, they do a handful of of kind of, you know, their other favorites. They got Roots in Stereo, uh, Sleeping Awake. And then they close it with Tribal, Southtown, and Outcast. And that is a great closing right there. Outcast remains one of my favorite POD songs. Spelled the same as the hip hop group Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because spelling words with different letters was a real cool thing to do. <laughs> Probably still is. <laughs> so what did, did this? I know, I think we kind of had different favorites, I guess I would say, at this time period. Did this album have a particular place like in term, for you guys in terms of, of, was it a favorite? Did it stand out? Or was it just more one that you were aware of as you listened to, you know, Corn or somebody else that was in the same vicinity? Does that make sense? It does. I It stood out to me just simply because of how many singles were on the album itself. I mean, mm. and watching watching the the videos, like the video to Boom always cracks me up because it's, you know, they're playing ping pong and shit. Oh, yeah. They're playing, <laughs> they're playing Blindside in ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was true. Youth of the Nation, same thing. Like a epic video to that as well. Yeah, I think like I was a person that listened to radio. That's pretty much what I did when high school was play computer games, listen to radio. But and so that's why I knew this album is because there were so many singles. But the other thing is, too, is that Youth of the Nation had kind of become an anthem, like our anthem right. uh, mm-hmm. of high school, because, you know, we were we were the kids of Columbine, so to speak. Not that we obviously did not go to Columbine, but that we were, you know, we were in high school when school shootings became a thing. Uh, now, obviously, they happen a lot more frequently than they necessarily need to actually once is more frequently than they need to. But, yeah, you know, Columbine was really one of the first ones. And that happened when we were in freshman in right. high school, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And which was, I think, two or three years before this album came out. And so Columbine was just the first. And obviously, there were more that followed in, in the wake of, of the that. And so Youth of the Nation, like we all like that was the song was so relatable because like it's for one, it tells a a fantastic story like he just lays it out so well. It's just so well written um, to where you you picture everything that's going on. Like, you you know, he's you picture him leaving to go to school and then and just the whole thing. It's it's very, very vivid. Uh, And it it all stuck with us because that's when we we had to start. You know, I don't know if if. we had this, but you know, it's right around the time like they had started doing, uh, you know, drills and stuff. Like we did have a bomb, uh, threat in our school, our high mm. school. We had to have bomb threat drills mm-hmm. and shit. Like it was ridiculous, like that we had to deal with this in high school, and and that's why I think that's one reason why I gravitated this album so much because it was it, it kind of became like the anthem of of our high school years. Well, and then not only that, but then you know, being released right around 
you know, on September 11th, that brings up a whole new stuff to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. They were, cause I remember that. I, I distinctly remember that this was an album that I was super looking forward to. I knew it was coming out. And so like waking up even that morning, I remember that's something that I was looking forward to that day. And then that day happened and it was just, you know, that it's been covered ad nauseum, the events and, and people's stories. And it was just insane. And I don't honestly remember exactly what happened in terms of, I'm sure that I forgot about the album coming out in the, in the events in light of what was going on. But it was just that this I I will always remember that there was a con- correlation due to it being released on that day. And then some of the song titles and stuff that were a little bit tough to work with in the context of that. But and going back to what Dan said, like Youth of the Nation was such a good anthem for expressing what I would say just in general, what teenagers, the stresses that teenagers experience that other people might not necessarily be aware of. Cause like each verse is a different story. Yeah. And like one of them was about a, a young girl. And one of them was about uh, this kid getting like gang initiated. And then you had like the, the shooter. It's, it's tough. That's tough stuff. And for a band that is as positive as they are, that was, that was very heavy. One of the lighter songs musically, one of the heaviest ones mm-hmm. in terms of subject matter. Yeah. Which I think just to touch on that, was another thing that I really appreciated about this band and made them stand out was that they continually brought sounds that that you know were similar to bands like Corn and stuff but a very very different perspective on life. Right. Um and so I think that that's what made them stand out amongst a lot of other bands that were coming up during that time that that didn't you know they were in the same general vicinity of music but they just never hit it as big or or felt like they had their own unique identity. Yeah, and in a lot of in a lot of cases, they came with the same energy, but had a completely different message. Mm-hmm. So that that album was a big deal, and I'm excited about this tour. Um, one, like the biggest final thought I have about this tour that that I think is awesome. A lot of times, something that you'll see happen is that when a band's biggest success was, you know, as long ago as this as this was even if they're still active, even if they're still putting out good music, but when they're like day in the, in the sun has passed, they'll end up on these tours together that feel a lot like nostalgia tours. Mm-hmm. And yes, doing a 20th anniversary tour for your album is a nostalgia tour in its own right. But the fact that these guys are taking from ashes to new and all good things out with them, I think is super cool because, and I don't know whose idea that was, whether that was, you know, whether POD themselves had anything to do with it or if that was a label or if it was, if it was better noise, (laughs) just the general point being though, that like from ashes to new is the generation of bands that was inspired by POD's generation of bands. All good things kind of shares that similar spirit of like positivity and triumph. Yeah. And so these guys came out here and you, you have a multi-generational musical tour where the sounds and the vibes complement each other, but it's not, even as a 20th anniversary thing, it's not purely a nostalgic thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's really cool when you see cross-generational tours of, of bands that are on the rise, bands that have already been in that spotlight, and them complementing each other as well as this as this bill of bands seems to complement each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a great tour. I wish I was going. <laughs> we will have an update sometime, probably in the form of a shortcut. 
if any of us are able to actually see the show. And in the future, we do intend, like we mentioned before, to do something that's more akin to live reviews. Uh, but this one, again, we thought there was enough good reasons to timing wise to talk about it now rather than waiting another month until we potentially saw them. Yeah. And one quick reminder there, sleep signal still needs your help. Don't forget that link. It is in the show notes. Very true. So do what you can. Well, thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Pika Mouse and P-O-D.